0: FBI profiler Will Graham is coaxed out of retirement to help the FBI catch a vicious serial killer called the Tooth Fairy. To help him, Graham enlists the aid of his old friend, convicted serial killer Hannibal Lecter, who Graham had caught years earlier. It's a race against time as the Tooth Fairy targets another family and makes it known that he has a different name for himself, the Great Red Dragon. I'm Connor Izagari. I'm okay, we'll And this is Filmgasm. <laughs> happy wednesday welcome to the filmgasm podcast in honor of the upcoming 100th oscar sunday on the silence of the lambs we are tackling hannibal lecter on this show and discussing the 2002 prequel red dragon um i know this was your first time with this film so uh first impressions
1: what'd you think it was good it has a very similar structure to silence of the lambs which uh, i know you told me it's the same writer um coming back from that movie which makes sense. And usually that's like a negative for me when a film kind of follows the same structure as a Pirate one. But they do it well enough here that I was actually like, I was fine with it and along for the ride the whole way through. Um, really was impressed with how many fucking names, like the cast they got pulled together for this movie. Um, really like the cast. Overall, a really good movie. This For a series that I would say it's sequels. Amongst the community, are very hit and miss um, this, was a, this was a better sequel
0: Yeah, I agree um, I think, you know, Hannibal 2001 uh, Disappointed a lot of people I think, you know, after Lambs The expectations for, the, for a follow-up were high And uh, it didn't deliver It was a huge financial hit But it didn't deliver And Red Dragon was another opportunity To kind of do things the right way and uh, I think it, it, it clicks. I, I think it's a, it's a solid trilogy, you know, works, you know, the, the Anthony Hopkins Lecter trilogy works for me anyway. Uh, one day we'll do Hannibal and I'll be able to voice my opinion on that film, which has grown on me, but today I get to do it for red dragon. And uh, this movie freaked me the fuck out when I was a kid and I watched it for the first time. I saw this one before I ever saw Lambs. Uh I think my mom was watching it. I was nine or 10 years old and I wandered in as I often did to, you know, family watching movies that were way too grown up for me and nobody
1: told me to leave. You have a lot of stories Of you wandering in and then just being like, sit down. But it's not that they said sit down. It's just that
0: they didn't have the energy to convince me to go and they also didn't want to turn off the movie. So they just said, fuck it. Just let me sit there and hope I would go.
1: And I never scarred, left. <laughs> if he gets scarred, he gets scarred. Fuck it. Yeah,
0: I got a few of these. There's the, there's a specific scene in this movie, which we'll get to, that gave me nightmares. It's when I was like, oh no, I, I got up and left. Uh, and yeah, I'll, I'll talk at length when we get there. Uh, but you know, eventually I was like, this is good. So I watched the rest of them and I love this franchise. Uh, so Red Dragon is a follow-up to the 2001 film Hannibal which didn't get the best reviews from critics, but was still a box office success. Uh, Silence of the Lambs screenwriter Ted Tally decided to return to pen Red Dragon, which received much better reviews. Tally won an Oscar for Silence of the Lambs for screenplay. So naturally they were like, you know, Hannibal didn't work out that well for people. So let's get Tally back to do a proper Hannibal Lecter movie. And it worked out. Uh, sure. Red
1: Dragon. Hmm? Okay, this was a huge financial hit too. And like yeah. I know for a lot of horror fans like this is a personal um favorite amongst like you know I would say like I hear this in silence when it comes to this franchise that fans just like go ape shit over um so it has a good reputation it was a financial success critics enjoyed it so that's that's this is definitely a case where going back to the drawing board was definitely in their favor
0: yeah absolutely um and, you know, considering this is not a Clarice Starling story, they didn't have to deal with that whole fiasco. So this was just, you know, get somebody who can kind of counterbalance Anthony Hopkins and they got Edward Norton, who is good. I have I think he was a little miscast in this. I would have gone with somebody a little bit more older. But uh, I think, he you know, he works for, for the movie. He's fine. Uh, more on that in a bit. First, step, <coughs> Red. Red Dragon was based on the first Lecter book by Thomas Harris. which uh, was published in 1981. It was first adapted to film in 1986 under the title Manhunter, which was directed by Michael Mann. The film was a box office failure, but has since gathered a cult following. Uh, so technically, Red Dragon is a remake. And Manhunter is not bad. I get why people love it. It's just got a much different vibe from these films and is, uh, has its dull moments, too. Uh, but it's got a decent cast. Brian Cox plays Hannibal Lecter. Uh, Tom Noonan plays Francis Dollar Hyde. Uh, So
1: pretty good, pretty good people in there. Yeah, I think most people can probably agree that the lowest point this franchise has ever gotten was Hannibal Rising, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, we'll have plenty to say about that on Friday.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't wait the-
0: personally. I'm excited to just cross it off my list.
1: Yeah, honestly. it's one I haven't ever finished. So I remember I caught it on a, a movie channel one day and I started watching. It. I was like, God, this is shitty. And like I turned it, I turned it off. I was like, I can't.
0: Hannibal Rising is the only one of Thomas Harris's lector books I stopped reading. I got three chapters in and thought this is fucking horrible. And I stopped. But I did read Red Dragon, Silence of the Lambs and Hannibal. And all three were really good books. Uh, pretty close, too. There's very little they didn't put in the movies. Uh, pretty damn close. Hannibal is the, is the biggest uh, change. Because the end of Hannibal was very different. And is the reason Jodie Foster was like, I'm not doing this. But then weirdly, they just changed the movie anyway, and she still didn't do it. Yeah, so, she didn't want to do what
1: the they put What do you mean? Like they had the actual book ending in the script, and she didn't want to do it.
0: The original script had uh, the ending of the book was the ending of the film, and she didn't want to do that because spoiler alert: end of the the end of Hannibal. Somehow Hannibal seduces Clarice, and they run off together.
1: Yeah, I'm not hearing about that. About that? Yeah, okay.
0: So she was like, absolutely not, and I think that's what caused Jonathan Demi to drop to a jump ship too. But then they changed the script and. Made it so that, you know, Clarice maintains her integrity. Hannibal gets away on his own. Everybody wins. And they still didn't come back.
1: <laughs> so weird that they've been over backwards for those two. And they're like, yeah, no.
0: I think at that point, they both were like, this isn't worth it anyway. This isn't going to work. And it would have if they just held on a little bit longer. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit longer. Yeah. Uh, Red Dragon was directed by Brett Ratner, director of The Family Man, Tower Heist, X-Men The Last Stand, and the Rush Hour trilogy. Uh, Ratner was canceled a few years back after he said some homophobic slurs in front of a camera, which uh, you don't do unless you're a fucking idiot. And...
1: One of the pretty bad ones, too. Like, what's going on, like, hard?
0: He was going to produce the Oscars uh, one year, and Eddie Murphy was going to host for him. And uh, they said something about dress rehearsal and Ratner just off the cuff went, no, no dress rehearsals for, you know, Oh my God. Insert gay slur here. So, and he said that to reporters and they're like, what the fuck? (laughs) And he immediately was like, the Academy was like, Nope, get out of here. And uh, I think that was when they went, I think uh, either Billy Crystal ended up hosting or they went hostless. I don't remember, but yeah, Eddie Murphy didn't get to host the Oscars.
1: I love how quick, for once, the Oscars were like, yeah, nope, not doing that. But then Will Smith slaps someone on stage and was like, let's just hold on, guys. Let's just take a moment. <laughs> like, God, yeah,
0: it man. is weird. The The Academy picks the strangest battles. They really do.
1: Yeah, I don't, I'm not saying anything like they sure know what they did. I'm just saying it's funny how, like, in that moment, they did probably the right thing for a lot of people, right? Yeah. The right thing, but then like years later, they're like the right thing would have been to escort the guy who just assaulted someone on stage out of the fucking building. And they're like, no, 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 no. he's as good as Oscar. Yeah, well, I'm saying it's weird.
0: But also, it's I think it's weirder that the guy who made Rush Hour somehow made a better Hannibal Lecter movie than Ridley. That Stout. is
1: weird. That is who was apparently homophobic. Yeah, made a better Hannibal. Because you could argue, and I think the show, I believe I was hearing a lot of people, a lot of fans shipping them on the show, but the show kind of played with that whole relationship between, you know, Will Graham and Hanwell Lecter. So it's like, the subtext is there. So yeah. it's funny that somehow the guy who made, yeah, like I said, the Rush Hour trilogy and a homophobic slur did a better Hanwell movie with the relationship that would later on become a homosexual subtext. Very interesting to me.
0: Weirdly, in in Hannibal, uh, Ray Liotta's character uh, mocks Hannibal Lecter because he thinks he's gay because he's into all this artsy-fartsy stuff, as he he calls it. So, like, there's even more homophobic shit in Hannibal than there is in Red Dragon. (laughs)
1: God damn it!
0: What a weird situation.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Fucking crazy. So uh, Ratner hasn't really been seen since. Um, odds are, you know, if he's that open to using homophobic slurs in public, what what the fuck
1: else is he doing? I love, like, I love how you were that he hasn't been seen since, you know, he might be at his mansion, he might be in his house. We don't know. We haven't seen him since. He's uh, he's gone.
0: Yeah, he's not getting – Rush Hour 4 ain't happening. That's for damn sure. He's not getting any high-profile gigs anymore. Sure. No one wants to work with him.
1: Even if he was – he hadn't said what he said. And he was – do if up Weapon 5 and Austin Powell's 4 and insert any other long talk about Seagroff taught me, Rush Hour 4 probably still would not have, have happened even if he was still working today.
0: Fair enough. But then I look at like Bill and Ted Face the Music, which was really good. Yeah, so. but they
1: both wanted to come back. Uh, Kanye Reeves and Alex Winters. I don't think Jack, Jackie Jane. I don't think wants to know rush hour. I think he's all but fucking retired anyway.
0: That's true, and I don't know what the hell Chris Tucker is doing these days.
1: He pops up randomly in movies like Silver Linings Playbook.
0: <laughs> Odd. Um, but yeah, Brett Ratner made Red Dragon, and somehow it was it was great. Now let's talk about this very impressive <laughs> cast.
1: Hmm? So you didn't pull off the same thing with X Men: The Last Stand though. Yeah, that is yeah, that movie. Probably
0: because
1: he's homophobic.
0: That's true. Because the X Men have a the whole the whole point of the X Men it's a, it's an allegory for uh, homosexuality. Oh. <laughs> that maybe that is why X Men Three is not just,
1: great. Did we just come <laughs> up with a reason why X Men Last Stand sucks?
0: Well, that and also you know fucking up the Dark Phoenix st- saga for the first time.
1: Other than the things gun. we already know. Goofy right. juggernaut.
0: Um, like, there's a lot of reasons X Men, the last
1: Other than the reasons we already know, did we just find a new reason? Maybe. Sure. Why not?
0: Honestly, X Men 3, I, I don't think it's anywhere near the worst X Men movie anymore. It's it's gotten better because we've gotten worse movies.
1: <laughs> and it still sucks to me. It's not gotten better. <laughs> I don't mind. We've gotten worse movies. Yeah. I would argue um, Origins Wolverine might be like the bottom of the fucking barrel for me
0: no way nothing beats dark phoenix
1: oh you're right dark phoenix. i try to block that one out yeah
0: that is the worst one of the worst superhero one of the worst movies i've ever seen
1: dark phoenix was bad i didn't like new man's all that much either. when i finally watched new man's i was like god this was not that good
0: i expected such a dumpster fire that what i got didn't bother me nearly as much as i thought it was going to so i i didn't think that was horrible
1: i don't think it was horrible i just thought it was aggressively bland that's true. playing aggressively. Plan. Well,
0: when I found out that the original cut had John Ham as Mister Sinister, and they
1: decided to like abandon that. I was like, "What the fuck's wrong with these people?" Yeah, build up for nothing. Like they tried. Apparently, they want to tease it in like Apocalypse, and then they dropped that tease. they like, "Oh, we'll just tease the New Mutants," and then they dropped that tease. I was like, "Stop dropping your goddamn tease if you want to use Mister Sinister." Fuck. <laughs> just fucking tease them and use them.
0: I found out also the original plot of Dark Phoenix involved the scrolls, but Marvel was like, no, those belong to us now. And Fox was like, you know, barely, they had very little left they could use. So they just made up some alien race and said, Jessica Chastain, do your best.
1: Was, did Marvel tell them that as they were buying them? Like, oh, you want to use that? Mm, uh, Yeah, that's ours and we're buying you. So, yeah.
0: I think the scrolls counted as an Avengers villain, not an X-Men villain. So like Marvel was already using him for captain Marvel. Oh and yeah. There was a whole thing. I don't remember. I remember reading this a few years ago and thinking like, this is stupid.
1: You think like Marvel was like the guys in South park. Remember every time they went to the hospital, the guys kept rubbing their nipples. Every time they get like one over them, like that was Marvel. And time like Fox had to ask like, Hey, can we use this character? And they had to be like, as per the agreement, <sighs>
0: Yeah, I bet, yeah, they definitely were Especially with Fox, because you know that they were So fucking protective of the X-Men And the yeah. Fantastic Four They did not want to play in the sandbox Yeah At least Tony's begrudgingly Letting them, you know Everybody play together, but you, there's always this Vibe of like, I could throw you out of the sandbox At any moment
1: It's I feel like Sony thinks they have <coughs> thinks they have That vibe, but really it's Marvel Being like, try to leave us See how well it does. We've seen Morbius.
0: <laughs> anyway, yeah. Ratner made the first bad X-Men movie. Uh, Good two job,
1: time-
0: Yeah. <laughs> Way to go. Good job. Uh, two-time Oscar winner Anthony Hopkins returns to the role of Dr. Hannibal Lecter. He won his first Oscar for playing Lecter in The Silence of the Lambs, and he won his second for his performance in The Father. Uh, he was also nominated for his performances in The Remains of the Day, nixon amistad and the two popes and he is without a doubt the greatest hannibal Lecter will ever have nobody's gonna nobody's gonna top anthony hopkins lector ever uh in all three of these films he is the like the best
1: thing about him brian amans mickelson i heard he was really good in the show
0: mickelson's good but he Hopkins really taps into this perfect fine line between like psycho and genius that nobody else really can do with Lecter. You like it. Like you, there's something you like about him. You want him to like think that you're smart. It's weird. He's like fooling the audience as he's fooling, you know, Clarice and, and Graham. It's, it's brilliant.
1: Yeah. Now Hopkins, like, really there there's a reason he's so tied to this character like he he's not and i, I hear it all the time right he only has like what five to minutes of screen time in science of the lambs yeah but it feels like more because he just owns every second of that time he's on it and it what i love is that in these sequels when you, they give him more time and usually that's a bad thing usually it's like oh shit more time that means his impacts gonna get lessened. he's not gonna be nearly as terrifying so we see him a lot more <clears throat> it's the complete option. Hopkins does just a good job in the role that like you, you you're begging for more each time. You're like, no, I want more with him. Just give me more. Yeah. Um.
0: I read that Hopkins took, the, he, he took the uh, red dragon role mainly because he wanted to remind people that Hannibal Lecter is not an anti-hero. You're not supposed to like this guy. He's supposed to be a evil psycho. And so he tried to, I guess, pull more of that into red dragon. And I think he pulled it off. There's some f- scary Hannibal moments in Red, I Red mean,
1: Red. He, he literally gave the, the killer they're looking for the beats, the, uh, <coughs> Will Graham's um, home address. Yeah. That's pretty terrifying. Like, hey, just so you know, he knows where you live now.
0: <laughs> yeah, he almost gets him killed. It's, it's great. Uh, more on that later. Uh, Oscar nominee Edward Norton plays FBI agent Will Graham. Norton was nominated for his performances in Primal Fear american history x birdman he was also in fight club the grand budapest hotel 25th hour the italian job and motherless brooklyn among others and um edward norton's a good actor i just i don't think he i don't think he was great as will graham
1: i mean he's pulling to me like a typical norton performance of like it's not like it's nothing i've seen him doing other films on this you know what i mean um yeah. i don't mean that by way i like him as an actor i I think he's an okay person. You know, all the stories I've heard about how um, pretty aggressive he is with having a lot of control over his parts. Yeah. Um, which is obviously not sit with Marvel. And that's why you do not see him as the Hulk still. Um, but, you know, he's always been a good actor. I've always really enjoyed him. And actually, you know, I'll say it. I really like his Incredible Hulk. I feel like I have to say this because way too many people shit on that film. And it's a fun goddamn film. Okay. Incredible Hulk. Saying it right here guess we go on behalf of all gasms. i don't know austin's thoughts or Josh's. but as i as as it stands i caleb leger enjoy the incredible hulk quite a bit
0: yeah the incredible hulk's a fun movie and i know austin's a very big edward norton fan so i'm <laughs> sure he he probably likes the, the
1: incredible hulk i'll ask him uh if, Austin, if if you're listening to this episode before connor ask you text the group let me know <laughs> <laughs> no. But yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 like Noren. I, of his various roles, I think he does get in this. It's not my favorite. You know, it's not like Fight Club or even like so just his his take on Bruce, uh, Bruce Banner. I was supposed to say Wayne. Jesus Christ. I think it's because <laughs> Batman's on HBO Max, so it's like I keep getting reminded of that every time I get on Max. Yeah. Um, You know, I, t- I like his take on Bruce Banner and the Hulk. Um. Yeah, I like, I liked him in Birdman as playing this like just real pompous asshole actor. Like yeah. he's a good actor. Um, I just, I, I can see where you like, I'm with you. This isn't his best performance, his best role for me.
0: Well, he's very open about what's a paycheck gig and what is meaningful to him. And he's, he said, you know, he used the money from this to finance 25th hour, which is something he really wanted to do. So yeah, he's, you know, you can tell when he's committed and when he's not. And I think, I wanted a a Graham who was more, you know, who was older, who was more jaded, somebody who's, you know, just burned out. And Norton just had this like fresh face idealism that I just didn't buy for that, you know, version of Graham.
1: Well, and I felt like in that case, it was more of the writers, again, kind of what I mentioned earlier, them kind of hearkening back to the structure of silence to the point that they even got like a young fresh face FBI agent like, you know, Jodie Foster was in Sansa Lambs that's so, a good point uh, and well, original- in this case sorry as well, I was saying in this case this is probably where it worked against the film whereas everything else about following the structure worked for it I'd say it worked against it in this regard
0: yeah I think you're right well the original cat like the original um, guy they wanted was Ethan Hawke. Uh,
1: would have been good but he was still young at that time I mean this is 2002 like yeah this isn't too long after he did training day.
0: Yeah, it is weird. they were going for younger, you know, late 20s. And it's just, you know, I don't I don't buy that for he's supposed to be a seasoned FBI profiler who has caught many different serial killers and it's got, you know, it's burned him out.
1: Yeah. Like you get Ethan Hawke now, like we're talking Northmen, which I which I've, I've seen um, already. I know you're seeing it later. So you will go. I going you say it, but like Northmen, Moon Knight, the upcoming fucking black phone, Ethan Hawke. Yeah, Sure. I'd be down for that like but like a fresh face off of training day Ethan Hawke like no he's not going to do Grizzled he literally just did a movie where he's the Ricky fucking cop
0: <laughs> yeah I don't get where they're trying to place this character here um I also love that to get to make Lecter look younger they just gave him like black hair I mean he, he clearly looks you know 11 years older but it Whatever is, it, you know, suspension yeah. of disbelief is a big part, a big, big part of this movie.
1: Well, that that's always been the funny thing with the Hannibal series is that like at least with like you know Jason and Michael, put that hockey mask on them and stuff, and just hope you got a good actor, or you usually do test screens to ensure you get a good actor for the role. Um, But with Hannibal, like you can't do anything to Anthony Hopkins. Like his face is front and center, and you decide to do a fucking prequel to a film. To a sequel, uh, You know the third installment That came out 11 years later And I think when he did Silence he wasn't in his 20s He wasn't young young When he did that movie I think He was already kind of older guy I think he was in his 40s Yeah So no. it's like Yeah he's going to age 11 years With that
0: <laughs> Yeah it's still you know his performance out- Outshined that for sure
1: Yeah I did think I I did like like the ponytail for whatever fucking reason they gave him at the beginning. I had to pause. There. I was like Is that a fucking ponytail.
0: We had to look even younger, <laughs> and that's how you make older guys look younger in films. You give them ponytails. <laughs> uh, next up we've got Oscar nominee Ray Fiennes who plays Francis Dollarhide, the Great Red Dragon. Fines was nominated for his performances in Schindler's List and The English Patient. Fines is perhaps best known these days for his role as Lord Voldemort in the Harry Potter franchise, as well as his roles in the Grand Budapest Hotel, in Bruges, Skyfall, and Clash of the Titans, among other films. And he is absolutely fucking terrifying in this movie. Ray Fine, this is one of my favorite performances of his, he is so scary. He's so committed.
1: You think this is what got him the Harry Potter role? Is Maybe. Maybe. They watched him. Yeah, that's all Lord Voldemort right there. I wouldn't
0: be surprised. I'm sure you know this along with a little bit of Schindler's list, you know, considering Voldemort's basically Wizard Hitler. I'm sure there was a mixture there.
1: Odd. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, he, yeah. I, I mean that was one of the notes, but it was like he's really terrible. I've always like, I'm I know we've talked about before how much we both love Ray Fines. Um Anytime I see a movie of his I haven't seen before, it's like, can I not love this guy any more than I already do? Is it getting into man crush levels yet for me? (laughs) Well, I think he's he's an incredibly
0: talented actor, but also he seems like a genuinely nice guy, which I like. People who tend to play like sadistic psychos tend to be really nice people in real life. I find that funny. Yeah, Um,
1: and then your your superheroes fronting a franchise, Flash, um, apparently uh, are assholes in real life.
0: Um, I love, yeah, Ray finds in this movie, the, the, the turmoil, you know, the fight between Francis and the red dragon is so neat to see this, you know, these dueling personalities. And I love that there's like a subplot where Francis really does want to stop this. He wants to, he doesn't want to hurt Reba and he loses that fight. It's, it's really interesting. It's, it's such a different animal than, you know, like Buffalo bill, who's just a straight up, you know, monster but this guy is like nuanced you know there's something human in what he's doing it's it's very weird and freaky
1: well buffalo bill is your stereotypical like he just wants to kill because he enjoys it yeah oh you know i'm sure mindhunter would have had a great explanation for the whole thing Hadn't you know we got in our fucking third season uh read the,
0: read the book they talk to ed Gein.
1: i will read the book they talk okay yeah. um but you know like so he was molded into a stereotypical if you will like psychopath you know serial killer whereas now you're dealing with someone that is um, along the line of a they're sort of serial killer but they're because they're you hear it about a lot especially with um before we took mental health a little bit more seriously than we do i still think we have ways to go with it but before we actually took it seriously but it's molded after that type of like people that were schizophrenic or bipolar and won't being medicated and one of those personalities was violent and aggressive not good that's why you hear the, there's a term called violent schizophrenia people yep so like and those are people that are hearing voices that tell them to, to do really bad fucking things Yeah. like yeah. you see in this movie I, to me they molded it a lot after that type of serial killer like those affected by a mental health problem
0: Turns out, when you berate your grandson for wetting his bed and threaten to cut off his dick, you're going to create
1: a monster. Yeah, so we'll talk to your son. That's what I'm saying. Because at the end of this movie, talk to your goddamn son.
0: Oh yeah, we'll get into that. That was that was dark. Uh, I found it interesting that they modeled uh, Dollarhide after the BTK killer.
1: Okay, interesting.
0: Yeah. Dennis Rader caught in 2005 after he uh, found out the cops lied to him about using a about being able to trace a floppy disk. It's one of my favorite catching a, a psycho stories ever. Literally,
1: that guy could have died, never been caught. Could have been like the Zodiac killer. Yep. And I'm condoning this anyway, but I'm just saying he was there, and then one dumbass phone call.
0: Yep had to read in the newspaper like whatever happened to the btk killer oh i'll tell you what happened to yeah crazy and then just like hey police can you trace this they're like no (laughs) what an idiot god of course we can't dennis what do you live by the way my favorite part is when he got arrested he was like they lied to me how could you lie to me (laughs) he was so hurt (laughs) But yeah, they modeled uh, I guess BTK's um you know MO uh, inspired the red dragon. Okay. Partially. I mean, I don't think BTK was worshipping a painting or you no know, thought he was a thought he was a fucking dragon.
1: So yeah, I I thought they would model him. I thought for sure he was modeled after someone like the night stalker, Richard Ramirez. Well, Ramirez was not. Organized. He was very
0: much like random. Like I just want to cause carnage and I'll break into any house I see. It's all like there wasn't a lot of you know thinking behind that. Whereas Dollar Hot is very much like vetting these families and planning it out. It's very methodical.
1: Yeah, I just thought they because they are dealing with someone that has like a mul- multiple personalities, or is a violent schizophrenia that he'd be modeled after someone more along those lines. But I get the BTK thing.
0: Well, I'm sure that when you're creating a fictional serial killer, you know, you pick and pull from all sorts of real life sources. So I'm sure there's a little bit of Ramirez in here. I see it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's fucked up. It's, it's crazy. There's so much to pick from. I mean, you know, we've, you know, we both listened to uh, Dan Cummins podcast, Time Suck. And there's like, you know, so many serial killers out there.
1: I want Did- also listen. I listened to that in last podcast. Yeah, you know, they cover a lot. I got their book, Last Book on Love. They covered some big names. Yeah, That's crazy man. What's funny uh, is that, real quick, these circos happen in really interesting times. Like, 60s and 70s were the big decade for America's serial killers. Two big decades, yeah. Um, when you know it was known police weren't going to look at things that involved, you know, minorities of women of a, a certain job. You know, yeah, they weren't well, going to look in.
0: Cops yeah, didn't care about hookers.
1: Yeah. They did not. They weren't going to look into that. So that's how a lot of that got rid of back. You know, like I said, you know, we didn't really take mental health as serious as we did now. So that was a lot of reasons for that. Like, there's just so many reasons on why that those decades and we don't have the amount we do now per se, right? There's not, you don't hear about as much anymore as you used to. Well, um, I mean, I always
0: think about something Ed Kemper said in Mindhunter where he said, you know, you only hear about the ones who got caught. So like, I don't know, I'm, you know, maybe there's a bunch of active ones right now. They've just gotten really, really good at stead hiding.
1: We'll see about that.
0: Free. freaky. I mean, it is, you know, yeah. these days very, very hard to stay off the grid or avoid cameras. Like mm-hmm. we're so plugged in these days that it's it's really hard to, to yeah. Not, yeah, to get away with anything.
1: That's, that's what I say. A lot of it, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy, but it's just like different time necessitated it. Or like, I was it in the, in the last book on the left, the book they did, they did a Russian one. And of course, guess what time it took place during when they were Soviet Russia. Oh
0: dude. So many that killers, makes sense. killers that, came yeah. out of Soviet Russia.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, that tracks, you know what I mean? Like.
0: Yeah. You know, these environments of, you know, of horror of evil are going to create, psychos are going to create people with a mindset of just, you know, death, destruction, and chaos. It's, you know, some people murder, some people become, you know, rapists, some people become dictators, but all of that, you know, these worlds create these mindsets. It's it's crazy. That's why you got to hug your kids, man. You got to hug your kids. You got to not threaten to cut off their dicks and you got to just, you know, make, let them know you're proud of them.
1: And if you have to tell them that because a serial killer has a knife to their face, have a very long talk with them afterwards that you didn't mean a thing that came out of your mouth. It was merely to save your life. Did they still have s'mores?
0: I I feel like that's going to kill the s'more vibe. Like like really the kids are going to be like, I don't want s'mores anymore.
1: (laughs) I would have looked at my kid and be like, all right, I know dad's bleeding out on the floor right now, but I still want that s'more. So go on, go on, scamp, get that marshmallow. Or I do mean everything I said to you. Go on, get on, get on out there. <laughs> uh,
0: continuing on, we've got Oscar nominee Harvey Keitel as Jack Crawford, Will's boss. Keitel was nominated for his performance in Bugsy, uh, which you'll be seeing, uh, pretty soon. Yes,
1: yes, yeah. I he, will.
0: He plays, um, what's his name, Mickey Cohen? Pretty cool,
1: Mickey Cohen. That mobster Sean was that played by? Now it wasn't Johnny Depp that played him. Was it Sean Penn
0: in uh, Gangster Squad?
1: Oh, okay, I was like, someone fucking played him. I don't know I was thinking Johnny Depp. I know he did that movie Black Mass, but I forgot he was like.
0: That was Whitey Bulger, different oh, time. Oh,
1: okay, yeah.
0: Uh, some of Kaitel's other films include Mean Streets, Taxi Driver, Bad Lieutenant, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, and National Treasure. And uh, yeah, the character of. Crawford is a different guy every single time. It's been Scott Glenn, it's been Lawrence Fishburne, and it's been Harvey Keitel. Uh, yeah, it's a good you know he's he's kind of the
1: the moral compass almost. Oh, um, well, what I love is that like it's he's played the same but almost not the same by each actor. Yeah. Like you get the idea that like he's he wants to do the right thing. You know, he's head of the FBI. he, he very much wants to do the right thing, but each actor brings something different. To the table, and I like what Harvey Keitel brings, but that's because I like Harvey Keitel a lot. Yeah, me too.
0: He always looks super pissed off about something.
1: Every time,
0: I love it. He's just angry. <laughs> love the National Treasure. Somebody's got to go to prison, man. I always love that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's he's crazy. I, I still got to see Bad Lieutenant. I've heard that is like a fucking crazy weird like, wild movie.
1: I've seen it. It's fucking out there. Um, He does some... You will not like his character. He does some incredibly heinous shit throughout I, the movie.
0: I've heard he hangs dong. Is that true?
1: Oh, he hangs dong.
0: Yeah,
1: probably hangs dong. Nice. Nice. I know they made... There's another one called Bad Lieutenant, Port of New Orleans. It has nothing to do with the first one. It's not a sequel. I've seen that one. I have seen that one. That, that one's pretty good. That's where I heard it has Nicolas Cage. And I was like, Nicholas Cage, interesting. So does he hang Dong? I don't think
0: he has. But I, I won't lie, I'm curious.
1: <laughs> I don't think the world's ready for Cage's dong.
0: I feel like that's the last thing we'll all see when the world ends. Like we'll finally get like it's too much for the world.
1: <laughs> we can't handle that. We can't the unverbal weight of cage's stick. that's the sequel uh
0: (laughs) i don't know yeah but bad lieutenant's on my list i I think i'd I'd like to do it on the show i think that'd be fun to just unpack that fucking mess of a movie
1: it's it's something yeah
0: next oscar nominee emily watson plays reba mclean francis's blind girlfriend a lot of oscar nominees in this movie this has a very high pedigree cast uh Watson was nominated for performances in Breaking the Waves and Hillary and Jackie. She was also in Punch Drunk Love, Gosford Park, The Theory of Everything, and Equilibrium. And I just feel so fucking sad for this character in this movie. Just, you know, she's dating this hulking, possibly handsome, quiet dude who turns out to be a absolute monster. But she's so happy. She's like, I found this nice guy. And no, no, you didn't.
1: No, she found a nice guy that she was really quick for a certain uh, friendly service.
0: Yeah, apparently he's packing some heat and she was feeling cold.
1: Yeah, that was I... Jesus. (laughs) Wow.
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I improvise a lot of this shit. Anyway, yeah, it's a weird scene, but she's just, you know, trying so hard to make a relationship really quickly. And turns out she can pick him.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, look, I've been on, I've been, been on plenty of tapes. It's never, never been that quick with that particular act. Like they were sitting on the couch. She scoots right on over, grabs his dick. And is like, I know what to do with this. And he immediately proceeds to give him a blowjob. I'm like, that was incredibly quick. I applaud you, sir. And ma'am. But Wow. <laughs>
0: It is, yeah, it's it's funny how quickly shit moves in movies. It's It gives you such a, you know, skewed worldview of <laughs> how this shit works. It's funny. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, it's
1: not like porn, right? Well, they would have just been doing it for like 30 or more minutes straight.
0: I hope to God this this, this shit does not have a porn parody. I'm not watching a no Hannibal Lecter porn parody.
1: Jesus no, it God. does. Oh, God. i watch it. I'm okay I'm that. not watching that shit this is I don't want to see that look I've seen a walking dead one I have no shame and yes the zombies got involved in all, all the action oh my god I'm no 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 bad
0: Jesus it wasn't that bad God it feels like necrophilia so no they we were played by actors. It's not necrophilia. I know that. I know it's not real zombies, dipshit. I just think it's,
1: <laughs> it's fucked up. <laughs> you may sound like real zombies, okay? <laughs> Don't judge me. Because I watched the whole thing. God.
0: Oh, my God. Uh, so finally-
1: two zombies blowing Rick. Oh, God. That's how it starts. I'm, how I'm did they not, them. like, I mean, if you want to be realistic, they're going to they're gonna bite that thing off like it's a summer sausage. Or no, because they're like sex zombies. They like sex.
0: Sex zombies. They're not like dressed up like zombies, are they?
1: Their faces look like zombies, kind of like porn quality zombie faces.
0: This is so really
1: amazing bodies.
0: This is so (laughs) fucked up. I can't. I can't get behind this one. This that's that's too fucked up. (laughs) Your loss. Apparently, uh. Emily Watson does a good job for, for this character.
1: Yeah. Outside of that one, very quick relationship scene. She does a great job.
0: Yeah. And she has to live with the fact that she blew the red dragon.
1: Yeah. Jesus. Blue. And I'm going to assume swallow. I, you know what? I think that's a safe bet. <laughs> yeah. If he was even paying
0: attention, I don't think he was paying attention.
1: No, he was very focused on the TV that, that he paused. Um, I will say it took me a minute to realize she was blind. Her introduction, I was like watching it and then like when he took her home and she started doing her stuff, I was like oh shit, she's blind. It's, like, did I miss a line of dialogue? Did I miss something? Yeah,
0: you 100% did because as soon as we meet her, we know she's blind. <laughs> he meets her in the dark and she tells him directions of how to walk towards the light. And you, she's like staring right you know, towards him like the wall he's over there. Like,
1: yeah, she's blind. I wasn't paying attention. So <laughs> clearly, cause I didn't know. <laughs>
0: Jesus Christ. Finally, Oscar winner, Philip Seymour Hoffman plays sleazy tabloid reporter, Freddie Lowndes. Hoffman won his Oscar for his performance in Capote was also nominated for his performances in Charlie Wilson's war doubt and the master Hoffman tragically passed away in 2014 at 46 years old from a drug overdose. Film community has never really felt the same. He's one that he's maybe the greatest character actor of all time. And I love him as Freddie Lowndes. He is such a piece of shit in this movie. Just an absolute sleazebag of a tabloid journalist who frankly kind of gets what he, what he, what he deserves.
1: Yes. Um, yeah like yeah, what was it he like posted The fo- the dude's location in the hospital
0: Yeah well he posted Photos of him in the hospital and he You know revealed the whole like working with Lecter Thing on the red dragon he's mm-hmm. Just an absolute like cancer To them
1: yeah I like How when they are like they're like okay Let's do this thing where we tell you everything So that we can draw them out And he ends it with like all right So you know I do something For you you do something for me And I'm like oh my God, he's one of those. Yep. Well, I love when he gets
0: captured. He gets captured because the red dragon parks in his spot. And he's like, hey, you see the sign? And he gets pulled into the van. Oh, Freddy.
1: And this is why I didn't risk it at the theater when the dude sat in my spot. He may have been the red dragon. You know what? That's a good point. Yeah. You don't want to piss off a serial killer. I just sat in another empty seat that no one else claimed anyway. And I still watch the movie
0: reminds me of one of my favorite episodes of Batman, the animated series when this dude uh, is having a bad day. He's driving home from in Gotham city, this van in front of him is going too slow. So he cuts the guy off and is like, learn to drive jerk. And it turns out that guy is the Joker (laughs) and the Joker. Like he's like, Oh no. And the Joker like runs him down and says like, that wasn't very nice. Like it's hilarious Like of all the people (laughs) Shout Road Rage at You you did it to the
1: Joker (laughs) Look, That's on that dude Because if you live in a city like Gotham Maybe don't risk it at all No Yeah Why would you ever live in Gotham If
0: like You know all this shit happens on a daily basis Like you can't go to the museum You can't go to the bank Something's gonna go down
1: Anyway I mean, I wouldn't, but if you do, don't do things to anger a potential criminal in fucking Gotham. Just don't. That was so funny. He's just like, oh,
0: Joker's smiling at him like, oh, my day just got interesting. It's <laughs> great.
1: I was just going to go home and watch some TV, but now.
0: I think he says that, like, I was just on my way home, but now I have a play thing. Like, it was he even tells him, like, I'm going to call you a year from now with a favor. And if you don't deliver, I'm going to kill your family. God. And the guy forgets. He changes his name. He moves to Florida and he still gets that phone call. He's like, I've been keeping tabs. It's time for you to do that favor. <laughs> it's
1: it's God, a what fucking episode. Is it's happening. a great episode.
0: It's so good. It ends with the guy actually scaring Joker. Like he he throws a bomb at him and Joker's like, oh my God. But it turns out the bomb was a fake. And the guy's like, Gotcha. <laughs> And Joker's like, you son of a bitch. You should check that one out. It's really good. I'll try to remember the name of it. Uh, but yeah, good stuff. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Red Dragon has an IMDb score of 7.2. Rotten Tomatoes score of 68%. Not bad. It was a huge hit, grossing $209 million on a budget of $78 million. Marked the end of Hopkins' tenure as Hannibal Lecter. The franchise was rebooted as a series on NBC titled Hannibal in 2013 which starred Mads Mikkelsen as Lecter and Hugh Dancy as Graham. Ran for three seasons, got canceled because no one was fucking watching it. And then as soon as it was canceled, everyone was like, what happened to Hannibal? <laughs>
1: it's like, you it weren't was, fucking
0: watching it. That's what happened.
1: It, and it, this is kind of like how I always say about like my, what I've always said so much about movies and people bitching about nothing original coming out, even though, hey, we've had a weekend just now with two original films. Yeah. Actually, yeah. three if you count the animated film for the family, for your families Oh, out yeah, there. the bad guys. I forgot
0: about that
1: yeah. one. So, technically three, if you if you want to count the family film, which I do. Let's make it three, besides that. Okay. Um. But, like, yeah, it's kind of like, the, I see it happen on TV all the time, man. There'll be this show, it gets critical acclaim, people are f- but, it's like, so little people are watching it, and the moment it gets canceled, all of a sudden, all these people come out of the woodwork, like, they've been watching since day one, being like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. We want that last season. We we were watching it. We love it. I'm like, well, I mean, if you were, you would have you would have gone that season. That's how it works, guys. Like you have to watch it. I was like, now, were you watching it? But like, I, I don't know. Just going on a limb here. Were you illegally watching it? Is that what you were doing? Because guess what, that doesn't give you that doesn't give them the views. Mm. It's literally what happened to Ash versus Evil Dead. Yeah. Yeah, no fucking. It was a ratings disaster, but it was the highest rated pirated show. Well,
0: oh, the two highest of,
1: pirated show, some shit like that.
0: Two out of the three times I, I met Bruce Campbell, he was very, very much trying to push Ash versus Evil Dead. He was like, I you know, you download the Stars app, it's a free trial for a week. You can knock this show out in a week. Like he was very, he was pushing that, and I just was like, I watch this show and I watch it for you, and it's really good, and I feel really bad.
1: <laughs> yeah he he, he uh I, I was they uh he did a uh, yorkie con with Adam Green and joe lynch recently and they talked about that because he was like you know fans more and more but they should he say he goes they should have fucking watched
0: yeah. instead of
1: it being the most pirated fucking show he's like so no he goes you're not getting more you did this uh-huh. um like what well, he, he he hates pirating Um. Apparently, Joe Lynch recounted a story back in like his youth, so like the 80s or 90s here, when he went to a convention. And apparently, a friend of his that he went to got a fucking bootleg of Army of Darkness on VHS.
0: Yeah, I remember this story.
1: Yeah, from the from a vendor was super excited. Went to go get Bruce Campbell to sign it because the movie wasn't even fucking out yet. And Bruce Campbell was like, "Hey, where did you get this?" grabs it like doesn't give it back goes to that vendor breaks the fucking vhs in front of him and goes I better not fucking see you see you selling any more of this shit here and walks back damn <laughs> like he does not stand for pirating at all so I get where he's coming from when there's a bit of just a probably a bit of animosity towards like the fans and how they feel about as for like if you liked it enough then you should have watched it legally.
0: Yeah, see, I don't feel bad because I did watch it legally. I was one of the fans trying to help him. I liked that show a lot.
1: I did, too. I have it on Blu-ray right now, all three seasons. So do I. I really liked it. (laughs) Yes, we did.
0: Damn it. (laughs) Oh, well, Red Dragon. Let's talk some highlights of this film. Uh, We don't have to go in order, but like, you know, just moments we liked. Uh, I think it opens really cool with, you know, Lecter. At the symphony, hearing that one guy fuck up the orchestra and uh, taking care of it, <laughs> and that's the uh, that's the flautist whose head Clarice finds in the storage locker in the Silence of the Lambs. Oh, I didn't. I fucking didn't
1: even think about that.
0: Yep, that's the guy.
1: <laughs> oh, I do. I do like how like that's the ward Handel lives in in his own head. Like, ah, oh, you fucked that up. Well, I have been trying to figure out what to make for dinner tonight.
0: Well, as you know, they mentioned throughout the franchise, he eats the rude. He he only eats you if he thinks that getting rid of you will be a betterment to society, which I can kind of get behind that.
1: Look, like after the, the crazy couple of years we've been having on the political, social, global, economic scale, whatever ism you want to point in there, um, I'm kind of down with it.
0: <laughs> Just, <laughs> Hannibal Lecter should have been, you know, given his own government office, like his own Department of Cannibalism to just
1: take care of things. Can you imagine if, like, instead of me having that seat at the theater, it was Hannibal Lecter, and that guy was sitting there? Oh my god,
0: he would have eaten that guy straight up. Although (laughs) if he was in your seat and you said something, he probably would have been like, "Oh, I'm so sorry," and moved out because he's
1: not rude. See how that works? I would have been fine. He would, as long as I kept it like that. I'm like, "Hey, sir, you're in my seat," and like, "Oh, I'm sorry, young man." You're right. It would've been like a test. He would've been like, "I'm going to test this young man today. <laughs> if he's rude to me, he's getting eaten. But yeah. if he's nice, he watches the movies and goes home."
0: I like the idea that Hannibal Lecter would ever go to the movies is ridiculous. He goes to the symphony and he goes to the like the, the stage. Deep
1: he doesn't. He, wa- also, he doesn't watch movies. Deep down, he also loves Nicolas Cage, and we'll go see <laughs> every movie of his.
0: It's like his guilty pleasure. Hannibal, he only watches opera and listens to like classical music, but he will watch any film Nicholas Cage is a part of.
1: And then <laughs> he talks about it with the same respect at his dinners that he does opera. Be awesome. Uh,
0: but yeah, the flautist goes missing and he's uh, <laughs> serving this delicious amuse bouche to his opera friends who are all like, that guy sucked. I'm glad he's gone, which is hilarious.
1: I would have like, those are the type of people I just despise. I would have been like coming in and be like, God, get me out of this room.
0: <laughs> well, they ask him what this food is, and I love that he's like, "If I tell you, you're not going to try it." Ah,
1: that's creepy. He's right. people. Ah. Yeah, I'll say I like it because it's the third film in the series. So, like as the audience, we know what he means. So it's like a nice little wink, wink. To the audience like, ah, this riley rascal. So <laughs> so eat before I see it. this silly goose. Ah, <laughs> will he ever learn? Like, uh, every time I hear Silly Goose, I think of the episode of South Park that I just fucking had cat caught on TV one day, where I guess like Mr. Slave or someone kept saying Silly Goose, so the kids kept saying Silly Goose.
0: Oh, it was a uh, it was Big Gay Al was the scout leader. Yeah. And he said it. Then Randy pulled the car over. Like, you You're yeah. you Call your friend an asshole, right?
1: Asshole. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Would you just say? I said silly goose. No, you call him an asshole right now. I love Carmen after he says it. Don't you call me a fucking asshole? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a great episode. Um. Ah. So after dinner, where these people ate human. Being and I wonder. I gotta wonder. Like, what's it taste like? What does long pig taste like?
1: No, We've you, all wondered it. No, I didn't. No, I've never thought what human tastes like. You fucking psycho.
0: Good for you. Good for. Good for you being so noble over there watching your zombie porn.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am noble. Thank you.
0: <laughs> it, it's a curiosity, especially movies like this. I mean, Hannibal's a damn good chef. He can probably make anything taste good.
1: All right, well, um, uh, apparently I'm talking to a cannibalistic psychopath. Um, I do these wonder. Guys,
0: these guys went to so many of his dinner parties. They had to think think
1: back like 10 years of human flesh. That they consumed and shit out. <laughs> Can, They're all in I, mental I, wards now. I do wonder, yeah. had he said it, how many would actually have been on board? So there would have been at least one guy like, you know what? It does taste a little good. I would love if they're just—he's just
0: incredibly honest about it. They're like, "What is this delicious-looking amuse bouche?" And he's like, "It's people in a in a red sauce." <laughs> like, how many people would be like, "Oh, you cad," and keep eating?
1: <laughs> they would probably,
0: okay. probably be like, "Ah, he's full of shit." Nobody would believe it. Nobody's gonna—he just straight up like, "Oh, of course, it's people." Yeah. Ha, ha,
1: ha. <laughs> I can't imagine me like you, cad, and doing that laugh you just said. Ha 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 ha. That fake like smarmy laugh that seem all rich people love to do when they're having formal dinners dinners with each other.
0: Oh yeah, the, the dinner yeah the rich life is just you know dinner parties and orchestra and walking past the homeless like that's all it is.
1: That's why sometimes I like I wish I could be rich because I'd be like the total antithesis to that I'd be like, all right so we're going to go watch movies. Um, I'm going to blast heavy metal music in my house. And don't ever come over to my house for dinner parties. I don't want to deal with you fuckers. (laughs) I I hate people, so stay the fuck out of my house.
0: I'm gonna have a dinner party. It's a potluck and a cash bar. So (laughs) show up if you want. I might I might not be there.
1: We'll get like the cheapest beer. (laughs) Fucking Keystone. I was just about to say Keystone.
0: But you like it's for them. You have like some highbrow imported shit.
1: Oh yeah, I'm like in the next room, <laughs> having like the fanciest meal with like the fanciest alcohol I could find, just laughing at them like <laughs> idiots. <laughs> Clean up on your way out. <laughs> don't you have the help? I don't have help.
0: I have you. <laughs> it's like I have help. You don't. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Think you're racing some kind of fucking barn house over there? Pick up after yourselves.
0: God, I want fuck you money so I can actually use it,
1: right? You know, in all fairness, if I did that, I my housemaids and whatnot, or whatever they call them, they would love me because I'd be like, No, you guys aren't clean after the guests, they can do it themselves. I'd,
0: yeah, I'd, you know, I'd have like an Alfred, like Batman, you know, I'd treat him like a human being.
1: I'm <laughs> 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 mostly just. Tell him to rinse it and then put it in the dishwasher if you guys want. I don't give a shit, but don't touch it. <laughs> Throw it in the
0: neighbor's yard. I'll get more plates. <laughs> I always got more plates. <laughs> um, but yeah, Lecter's dinner party goes, well, he's cleaning up and Will Graham shows up and is like, hey, I think I figured out what's going on with the Chesapeake River. And Lecter's like, oh, do tell. And Graham's like, he's eating body parts. And I love Lecter's like, what? Get the fuck out of here. Gives him this, like, <laughs> kind of scoff.
1: Ha
0: ha ha. parts. Yeah. And yeah, Lecter kind of talks him out of it, like, we'll figure it out. And then as he goes away for some reason, uh, Graham starts so, looking yeah. at
1: the books. Hmm? So, Instead so, of so, maybe getting Will out of the house first.
0: Yeah. Let me just go walk away for a little bit while you look at my bookshelf and this book that I have just left out in the open. Because apparently I'm way sloppier than i thought i was you're just writing sweetbreads in a recipe book like why would you do that like you know what the you know what it is who's this for
1: yeah like you have an fbi agent who who we're told constantly is like the best of the best here (laughs) in your house so maybe hide your
0: shit better buddy and also you have the drop on him and you don't go for a kill shot you stab him in the gut. You don't stab him in the heart
1: or the spine, something. You go Look, the gut. Will is like, Will Graham is not human. He's more human than human, to quote right zombie. Because um, he takes a lot of shots to his body and yet gets out of it just fine.
0: Yeah, he gets a lot of lucky shots. He stabs Lecter in the gut with the arrows, and Lecter also takes two shots to the chest that he survives. And uh, we get the opening credits with the trial. when at the trial, it's like, he fed human flesh to... I would love to see that trial. I, I really wish we'd gotten to see that in one of these movies. Just excerpt I, something.
1: I just want to see, like, the horrified look on, like, like you said, the fucking dinner guest. Like, oh, he ate human flesh? I want to see someone break, like, someone mentally break at the knowledge they ate human flesh for, like, a decade because they were friends with <laughs> animal Lecter.
0: I got to imagine a couple of them, like, We're fiending for it, like that uh, It's Always Sunny episode where Frank convinced them they they ate human, but they actually ate, like, rotten raccoon meat. They're like, we got to have more. (laughs) That probably happened to a couple of people. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, years later, we got a new new boy in town. Uh, Will has retired because Lecter was, like, really got into his head, you know, when your good friend turns out to be the psycho you've been hunting for quite some time, it's going to fuck you up. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So this Tooth Fairy, which is such a, a terrible fucking name, the, the Tooth yeah. Fairy.
1: I mean, I was about to say, Grant, if you're trying to be a psycho killer, I mean, I just take care of business and move on. Don't not fuck me up one bit. You
0: wouldn't know. Oh, I Trust, wouldn't me. know. Trust me, you wouldn't.
1: Oh I, oh, I would. You don't think I'm keeping tabs on you at all times right now?
0: <laughs> Why mean, if I know, I know exactly who the killer would be on our team, I'm just not going to say it.
1: You dare say me, you son of a bitch.
0: I didn't even say nothing, but interesting that you would go straight there. You hiding something? I think it's Austin.
1: That's always happy. <laughs> <laughs> always, always happy. Austin,
0: I feel like if he ever snaps, it is going to be brutal on somebody.
1: <laughs> anyway, the team, we're good. No, nah,
0: always, always be nice. Yeah, <laughs> just um. Kidding. Love you, yeah, we love you. Um, so
1: why did they call him the tooth fairy again? Because he was like, Was he biting his victims? I think it was because it was the biting, I think it was because of the biting. The, the fake uh teeth he kept putting in the bite, mm-hmm. okay. That's
0: I feel like that's less of a big deal than like the mirrors in the eyes, or you know,
1: I mean, this is like this one kind of like for some reason, this was like this period, I think because Darkness Falls came out like three years later and had the Tooth Fairy as a serial killer. Yeah. So like, apparently, Hollywood at the time was really into the idea of like Tooth Fairy being a big bad thing. But audiences were not.
0: Well, the book came it. out in 81 and he was Tooth Fairy in the book. So I don't know if
1: that's... Look, I'm not... Look, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Okay. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't... laughs>
0: Well, there goes the next 20 minutes of conversation <laughs> I had.
1: How how dare you? I'm kidding. <laughs> what you you going to say?
0: Uh, I just think it's weird that he's a tooth fairy. And, of course, it pisses him off because he's like, I am the red dragon. Don't call me the tooth fairy.
1: Uh, Look, yeah. I'm going to tell you this right now. Someone who's in the military with a call sign. If you ever try to make your nickname a call sign, way cooler than it is, you're going to get a shittier one because that's how that shit works. You don't give yourself a cool nickname. You're, you're, you're given one, buddy. I feel like it works differently in the world of mass murderers. Yes, but I'm saying, like, if you're going to sit there and be like, no, I'm the Red Dragon, like, I would hope the media goes, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, buddy.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, if you're willing to murder reporters to prove it, the the reporters are probably going to have no problem calling you the Red Dragon.
1: (laughs) But, I mean, look at who the reporter was. Maybe if anything, they were like, oh, thank God. Got rid of that one. I also hate the name the tattler
0: for a for a newspaper. Like it's so stupid. It's so like juvenile and goofy. Like, why would anybody read this paper?
1: Well he was kind of juvenile and goofy now, wasn't he? Was he running that paper? Like, was that his
0: paper or was he just working for the
1: tattler? That's what I took from was that. That was his paper. Oh, good. Then it died with him. <laughs> you know, in the book, he fucking survived that. Ooh, wait, like, did it was it exactly like how it was in the I saw in the movie? Yep. He was burnt. He has nose band off.
0: It was his It was his lips.
1: His lips. Oh, oh.
0: I thought it was his tongue when I was a kid, but turns out it was his lips.
1: Jesus Christ. Yeah, rough. Anyway, we'll get there.
0: <laughs> Crawford shows up because uh, Will's in Miami with a wife and kid. And Crawford's like, we need you back because apparently there's nobody else in the FBI who can figure this
1: out. Like, like all of these movies before and after You're yep. the only one we have We don't bother to hire new people The entire
0: vast resources of the FBI Nationwide No one comes even close To this guy who accidentally figured out It was Hannibal Lecter <laughs> Like where is the, the expert opinion here You didn't figure out it was Lecter You stumbled onto the word sweetbreads in a book I think we forget that part.
1: Yeah, I think you forget, too. If, like, Lecter honestly hadn't acted the way he did, he probably could have talked his ass out of that one.
0: Yeah. If Lecter just said, like, I'm tired, I just hosted a dinner party, we'll talk tomorrow, go home, Will.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Instead, Hanwell got really on the defensive very quickly. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's just funny to me, like, seeing it, I mean – you know, I obviously don't think about it when you're watching, but like, it's just like so find to me in these shows and movies. So it's just like, we can only have you back. And like, and it's always like FBRCA. I'm like, you do realize you hire people, right? Like, you hire new people. So you should have people that can do this. Why do you need the old grizzled guy who's retired back?
0: It's the behavioral science unit, not the behavioral science agent. <laughs> There's a lot of people in there who do what he does. He probably hired a few of them. So I mean, come on. It's a little, it's a little insulting to the rest of the FBI. They're just like, fuck all you guys, only him.
1: Only him. Especially because like some of those guys in there are probably, you know, not married, no kids, but we will go to the retired guy who has a family. So he can be like, hey, yeah, so we need only you. And also, look, we get it. It's dangerous. You're married. You got a kid. We get that. We'll keep them safe. They never keep them safe. <laughs>
0: You can't do this job without a little collateral damage. Will. you know that. And we don't have any married people at the at the, like a headquarters. It's got to be you. And at first, he's like, absolutely not. And then two seconds later, he's like, I'm in.
1: Yeah, because that's the other trope, right? Because <laughs> I told you I was out. Okay. And you're like, okay, I'm actually back in, guys. I, I just want one movie where they like they say no and they commit to it. They're like, yeah, no. And then they they just stay no the whole time.
0: I would love that. The whole movie is just him trying to co- to coax the guy. And while this is happening, like eight nine more people get killed because no one's investigating it. It's just like we just did next. They're putting all their resources into this dumb shit while well, they should be investigating the actual problem.
1: There's there's a movie it's, uh, you saw it taking Endeavor Logan. Mm-hmm, yeah. The point when the cameraman, one of the two cameramen was like, yeah, I'm out and like drives off. That guy is my fucking hero. (laughs) He just, we don't see his ass again. Oh, he goes home. You never see him throughout the rest of the movie. He is done. He, I'm like, yes, that is how you respond. Hey, not my problem. Fuck this shit. I'm out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I get it. I, I love that. We don't see that enough. Uh, so Will decides to get, to do it. He goes to look at the first victim's houses or the first victim's house, which is yet to be cleaned up, and uh, or the second victim's house. And yeah,
1: they have police like parked out there. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, so the, you took the time to park police out there, but uh, we're not going to clean up the uh, crime scene yet. You're telling me you're still looking at the crime scene, huh?
0: Well, I guess Graham they wanted Graham to have a pass through it probably, and he's you know,
1: oh yeah, they're they're one FBI guy they got you know yeah. the one the one they got that <laughs> nobody
0: stumbles onto
1: important information like will graham <laughs> i love that i was like the whole movie wait what if okay new movie i do he says no commits to it but he keeps stumbling on fucking information
0: i feel like i saw something like that
1: like, like, like he even <sighs> wanders into the house and he's like god damn it
0: Yeah, I was like a a guy who's like, I don't want to do this, but he keeps accidentally figuring it out. It was a movie I watched. I don't. It might have been The Thin Man from '34. It was. It was like a detective comedy where he's like, I'm not solving this case, and then he kept like, but hold on a second, like, nope, not my problem. But uh, there's this thing. Like he just kept being like, "Mm, all right, fine. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's
1: funny. Yeah, just like like stumbling constantly after he's always said no.
0: But what Dollar Hyde does to these people is so grisly. Um he he rapes the woman, the wife, uh kills the kids, kills the dad, and then puts mirror fragments in all their eyes so they can watch him rape the wife. because uh, that's what the dragon tells him to do.
1: But after isn't that after you already killed them?
0: Yes. Okay. But he wants them to watch with like mirror eyes. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Uh, Will figures out that he must have taken off the glove because of the talcum powder and he finds a print on her eye but he's like I can't do this alone which makes me think like why did Crawford even bother if <laughs> Will needs backup
1: right oh you can't do it alone maybe we go to that team at the FB fucking eye you're supposed to have yeah, that like can maybe, do this also?
0: <laughs> maybe Ken Long who figured out quite a quite a bit like of the cipher and You know, actually did some some police work. Instead, we're like, no, let's go talk to the serial
1: killer. (laughs) There's uh it's not yeah. yeah. You got Ken (laughs) Lung, you got based off the timeline when this films in, you got a new a certain new recruit in training. Like literally anyone
0: but will. I didn't realize the timeline of Red Dragon and Silence of the Lambs like bumps up right up against one another so buffalo bill was killing while the red dragon was killing
1: i think That's so weird. which i will i will say i didn't think worked all that well i'll say i it. agree I that was have,
0: yeah that was some tease that we didn't need
1: yeah um i know we haven't gotten there yet but when that happened i'm like i get it you're doing it for the fans but it having it literally happen right after all this does not make a like a fucking sense
0: Although maybe that is why Crawford needed Will, because most of the FBI is hunting Buffalo Bill.
1: Okay, he's still a shitty management of resources then.
0: <laughs> I'd like to know how in just like a couple days, Harvey Keitel morphed into Scott Glenn.
1: <laughs> what's, the, what's the time lapse between Sinister Lamps and Hannibal? Because isn't a different actor in Hannibal also? I don't, yeah,
0: it's like a brief, it's not anybody big, it's just a brief appearance by uh, Crawford, but yeah, it is a different actor.
1: And, isn't and that's it supposed like, to
0: be 10 years. 10 years between Lambs and Hannibal.
1: Okay, that makes a little bit more sense then. Yeah,
0: but apparently it's like a week and a half between Red Dragon and Silence of the Lambs, despite the fact that it doesn't look like
1: 1990. <laughs> no, not at all. That's why I said, like, I remember watching going, like, why did they choose to do that? Like, all you had to do was, like, as soon as he gets done writing the letter, have a blackout a couple of years later pop up and then have that scene. You would have been fine. But you're like, no, we need it to happen right after. Now you're assuming that, like, apparently he just forgets about Will completely in silence. He's like, huh, that guy didn't listen to me. Hello, Clarice. Like, <laughs> all right, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but whatever.
1: Uh... Go after Will. In Hannibal, so it's like, okay, what? <laughs> I wonder the why one? they never called in Will
0: Graham to help. You know, Cla- That would have been a cool thing to happen in Hannibal if yeah, uh, Clarice so you, went you to go talk to like, Will
1: Graham and they
0: hunted Lecter together. That would have been really
1: cool. You see how like having that tease kind of like fumbles everything that comes after? It's like, all right, we probably didn't need to do that tease, or we could have just done it better. Right? They done it better. It basically not do it, like literally right after the events. That we just yeah. witnessed,
0: because it means like the press just the red dragon completely. Nobody ever talked about him again.
1: Red dragon vanished. Lecter forgave Will apparently and was like, "Yeah, I'm never hunting him down again." You know, he put me in here and I get out at the end of Silence. <laughs> like, maybe Will he never could- bothered to go hunt him down. Like, okay,
0: maybe he got Will. Maybe that's know, the first. Maybe he did that. Maybe he went to Florida and was like, "I'm going to eat these people."
1: I'm not counting anything that hasn't been shown. <laughs> Fine.
0: Fine. Um, so he goes to talk to, we meet Dr. Chilton again, who's still such a piece of shit. Is like, I, you know, I want to, I want to write a book about Lecter, but nobody will talk to me.
1: <laughs> yeah. I like how he's just like grilling, real grandma and stuff. And you can just see in Nora's eyes, like shut the fuck up and leave me alone. <laughs> Let me do my job. You run the fucking mental hospital here, buddy.
0: I love, but, you know, Lecter's, Lecter and Will's meeting is great because you can tell, like, Lecter doesn't show a lot of, you know, he doesn't wear his heart on his sleeve, but he fucking hates Will Graham. Oh, yeah. This, like, the stand is like, how did you catch me, you goddamn plebe?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's like, do you see where, like, you know, there's that almost, like, false friendship there, like, he was only nice to him because, hey nice to him I act like I'm his friend it gets him off my back but in reality but he just feels like hey look I'm fucking it's that rich zombie mentality right I'm Hannibal Lecter I go to opera I host fancy dinner parties you're beneath me and also I'm just being nice so you stay the fuck out of my business
0: well Will tells him you know your disadvantages you're insane Lecter's like
1: yeah fair
0: enough Get me so, that,
1: well.
0: Yeah. Touche. It's like, you know, I, I need your help on this. And Lecter's like, all right, fine. Because he's what got nothing. What, yeah.
1: What if like Lecter, like after he caught him insane, just started resorting to like second grade school, like elementary school playground insults? You're a nose picker or something like that. He just <laughs> loses all his cool.
0: I think it would be funny as hell if. Elector looks at the file for two seconds, hands it back, and is like, "His name is Francis Dollarhide. He works at a <laughs> at a Photoshop place. Like, you'll find him and find him here."
1: Like,
0: yeah, because you do get the vibe like he knew who he was immediately.
1: Yeah, because it, it was a whole again. It kind of doesn't. Uh, it kind of kind doesn't work. The whole twist that like they've been talking to each other um, via some you know form of mail. Yeah and how did he get the toilet paper in Had a dollar i get that into the cell up his ass I don't know
0: I feel like it'd be pretty illegible if he, if he did that
1: <laughs> like I, I assume what movies have taught me is that most things smoking in prison you have to put it up your ass
0: not this prison Lecter doesn't exactly get visitors like he doesn't get to go anywhere so I don't I don't think that's how it worked
1: we don't know this I don't know um
0: uh, Let's talk. All right. So what are some other scenes you wanna where do you want to go next?
1: Well uh the scene that kind of after this I really popped out uh, to me, other than obviously lost stuff that Rafe finds was um PSH is a whole like wheelchair fucking torture aircroat. Oh
0: we'll get to that. First we should probably That's- talk about Rafe's in introduction. Uh Francis, who is like overcompensating, like everything. Uh, apparently, you know, when he was a young lad, his psycho grandma would threaten to cut off his dick when he wet the bed. Uh, I wonder how empty that threat was because you think he kept wetting the bed.
1: I would have done it. I would have done it in front of her face. I would challenged her.
0: I would pissed on her bed while she's in it.
1: I would have shit on her bed. I would have helped the auntie. Like, cut out my asshole. See what happens. Cut out my asshole. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's so
0: weird. Uh, I'm surprised Dollar Hyde didn't just like burn her in her bed or something.
1: I know. First off, I wanna know, like what kind of parents he had. How many times did he get stuck having to deal with this grandma? Well,
0: I always got I got the feeling he was an orphan, like grandma raised him.
1: Oh no, that's extra shitty.
0: Yeah. Um, and he's like you know lifting weights and got facial
1: reconstructive surgery, I guess, at some point. Yeah, in the early 2000s, it looks damn good. I was I was proud of him. I'm like, or the movie came out in the early 2000s. it takes place in what the eighties.
0: Well, apparently like a couple of weeks before Silence of the Lamb, so 91.
1: So oh ninety one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so you know, apparently ninety-one, they had some good reconstructive surgery going on back then. Weird
0: that Buffalo Bill couldn't just get this surgery and he wouldn't have had to
1: kill all these women. Apparently, it looks wrong. pretty good. He was too busy wrong about people putting the lotion on skin.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, in the book, Dollarhide is like quasi fucking moto. Like he's really disfigured and weird looking. And you get why he is so isolated from society. But when he's Ray finds,
1: like it who's gonna like have problems Finn. with this guy?
0: I guess they it went for like, more emotional scars, which makes sense.
1: God fucking kill me. I don't, I, I'm getting so, let me tell you, thanks to Punisher season two, I am so sick and tired of hearing it's emotional scars. Fuck you. Make Jigsaw look fucked up, you assholes. Yeah, I second that.
0: Maybe in the MCU we'll get a variant of Jigsaw who actually looks like he got, you know, scraped amongst a lot of mirror
1: yeah, you know, one that actually looks like what happens to your face when you get it shoved into a fucking mirror and scraped against it. Yeah, Dominic <laughs> With was. sound effects to back it up. <sighs> Sorry, I, I still, I, ever since that show, I just really hate the term. It's more of an emotional score. Like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Give me the goods. Show me the fucking goods.
0: I think he's wearing his grandma's dentures too to do that teeth thing.
1: Which yeah. Is
0: so sick. Really uh, gross. He's keeping a he big a journal joke. about Lecter, for some reason.
1: Yeah, I did like his tattoo piece on his back. I like, think with the part he's, you know, killing people. That was a really nice tattoo piece.
0: I want to know who the fuck made that tattoo because he didn't do it.
1: Like, who did no. he go to?
0: Like, while these red dragon murders are happening, and said, "I want a dragon on my back." Like, tattoos and they give a shit. You should have called somebody. <laughs> Uh,
1: so multiple sessions too i don't tell you that much right now you do not get that done in one session
0: no you don't uh which means this guy had a lot of time to think about it's weird that i'm putting this giant dragon tattoo on the back of this really odd guy
1: right (laughs) that goes literally for all his back and his ass it went to his ass oh yeah which as someone who is tattooed and wants to get more i'd I'm not tattooing my ass anytime soon or ever. I don't know why. I just do not want to do my ass. So I guess props to uh, Francis here. <laughs> I I suppose. I don't I don't know. I I have zero interest in getting my ass tattooed.
0: <laughs> well, Francis really hates the
1: name Tooth Fairy
0: and scratches out and especially scratches out Lounge because he keeps calling him Tooth Fairy. I think Lounge is the one who fucking called this guy the Tooth Fairy.
1: That makes sense. Yeah, it's got a, such a, a tool. I like how Aaron Orton almost fucking killed him when he sees the mountains.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they got a beef. Yeah. And they use Lounge as a way to catch this guy. I love that. They tell him, like, you know, he's, a, he's impotent. He's a product of an incestuous home. He's, you know, he's just the worst guy. They just give him all these negative aspects and then, like, take a fake picture in front of the FBI building and Lounge just runs with it. I mean... I'd be pissed too. I'd be like, I'm going to kill that motherfucker.
1: Yeah. Well, he runs back. Remember, like, he he gets up and he's like, All right. So, uh, you know, let's make sure I do so good. Like, you know, I, I scratched your back. You're going to scratch mine. I'm like, I love how immediately they're like, Dude, get the fuck out of this office. Like, shut the fuck up.
0: Crawford's like, You're going to do what we say. And then maybe we'll talk about your federal indictment. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, So the dollar hide is like, Oh, nope. And kidnaps Freddy, who wakes up glued to a wheelchair, and is like, oh, no. Immediately, he's like,
1: oh, no. <laughs> he knows exactly where he is, what's one, happening. One could argue that a certain young aspiring filmmaker at the time, this came out to years for a certain very big hit movie that redefined horror in the early 2000s, maybe watched this scene and went, I don't know how to up that.
0: Sorry,
1: change on Jesus Christ. Who got glued and saw? No one, but I'm just saying, like this. I remember watching this going, This feels like proto saw like this would be like John Kramer tape playing like hello, Mr. Lounge. Well,
0: we got a glue guy. Remember Chester Bennington and saw seven? He got glued.
1: Oh, yeah. So see, fuck you. There was glue and saw what, fuck, you said
0: two years. I was thinking I I had Saw in mind, but I'm like, there's nobody nobody got glued. I meant the start of it, the start of the franchise. You gotta be more specific
1: Oh now I have to be more, oh my god God you suck
0: (laughs) This is the scene that scared me as a kid The scene where like Freddy's torture Uh, Because I was just It got too real Uh, Hoffman's such a great actor He sold it, like he sold the absolute terror Of it I love when the dragon is just like In his face saying like you know I am the great red dragon and you owe me awe And he's just like Like, absolutely
1: terrified, (laughs) completely
0: devoid of words. Oh, it's crazy.
1: I would have absolutely tried to rip my fucking body off that chair. I know my skin would have come, but I would have tried. I'd be like, get me the fuck out of this. Well, he's just
0: I love when he tells him, "Uh, look, or I'll staple your eyelids open. And he's just like, no, he starts crying. It's too fucking real, man. It's freaky. And then when he just, you know, bites his lips off or his tongue or whatever the fuck that was and lights his ass on fire. But and
1: the, the lead up to that moment when he like he says the way he wants them to say, and you just see him go like where, where are you? or whatever the fuck he asked, like it's that silent moment. You know, I'm like, wait, why is he not saying anything? This isn't gonna end well. This is not good. Why is he quiet? And then he just fucking pops up out of the goddamn shadow and bites a part of his face off, whatever face part it was. I thought it was nose, but even when he spit out, when you see him spit it out, I'm like, Fuck, he's just spit out. Um,
0: okay, I'm going to look up the Wikipedia and see if it's uh, all right. He bites off his lips. That's what it is.
1: His lips. Okay. So he bites yeah. off his lips. And yeah, it's really like the setup for that is like really, really solid. And yeah, takes the time to put him on fire and just him down the hill. Oh,
0: yeah, that that was a young kid. That that freaked me the fuck out. I got I I left the room. And I was like, oh, there's some nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't watch the rest of the movie for a few years. Jesus. Yeah, freaked me out. Uh, I love how completely not guilty the entire
1: FBI is about this. <laughs> I'll just like, well, shit happens. Yeah. They're like, well, oh, we didn't like him anyway. So I mean, oh well. Yeah. Graham literally calls him a bonus. <laughs> uh, I feel like in a way they were like, Can we like thank him? Like, can we just thank him for at least this one single kill?
0: Somehow they get like a P.O. box near Dollar Hyde and they just send him like a cupcake. It's like good work.
1: We're proud of you.
0: My God. Uh, so around this time, Dollar Hyde starts dating this hot blind chick, and uh she does not pick up on signals well at all because he is giving off a very weird vibe that she is just not seeing, I mean, not reading <laughs> my mistake.
1: Yeah, because she's blind, Connor. She can't see. You can't hear somebody talk and think they sound off yeah but you know they can't see it now can they when they're blind you son of a bitch i misspoke my mistake but she could hear him
0: saying just tense shit and just like she can feel him just stand there weird right i mean
1: that you know her other senses are obviously working fine um
0: I think her libido is in overdrive and that's what's causing that's
1: that. a, based on again you know we can go into more depth now that we're getting to that scene right um based off that scene i would argue that her uh her her urge for sex and our relationship you know hey 2022 yeah. you, you pursue what you want to pursue mm-hmm. um over the fact that yes you cannot see that this guy's a red flag because you're blind but you can sense it still with the way he's talking and the way he are. Like you can still have that moment of like, this guy doesn't seem right.
0: Yeah. Maybe she was. And then she, uh, she felt that cannon he's got and she's like, Oh, saddle up.
1: Yeah. I'm telling you, she was the moment she touched it. She's like, get it out now. <laughs> yep.
0: And he's just like, I'm going to watch this tape. You do whatever you need to do, but I'm going to watch this tape. <laughs> it's- Dude. So,
1: yeah. Are we saying that Ray Fines is uh, packing?
0: In the mood, we're saying Francis Dollarhide is packing. Yeah, but it's played by actor Ray (laughs) Fines. We don't see anything. She's, I don't know, she could have lied. She could have been like, oh, this sock is huge.
1: I don't know. (laughs) Either way, she was very quick to get down there and do what was necessary. Um, and i'm sure much like those dinner guests she has a lot of regrets now
0: yeah they both ate things they weren't proud of <laughs>
1: uh, i don't think she's uh i don't she's gonna be rushing to do that again for someone i don't know maybe uh
0: we, we'll never know she uh i guess he does he break he breaks up with her or something and then she like takes goes out with that mandy guy
1: yeah yeah he was very quick to go with that yeah you know maybe she said that, that thing was working in overdrive maybe she's just banging her way through the zoo or wherever they were yeah did they really like really get specific about where they worked I, I didn't really get a good sense of where they worked <laughs> I, it was the zoo or like he worked for like a photo
0: development lab And I think she worked at that lab, too. But then there was also, like, a zoo with a tiger. I don't remember. Yeah,
1: Yeah, because she has that moment where he takes her down there and she gets to touch the tiger.
0: Yeah. (sighs) She gets to touch the tiger.
1: Gets to touch the tiger. In more ways than
0: one in this movie.
1: Fun fact. Whenever I watch something on my TV, right, and there's a dog involved... My dog, my dog that actually lives in this apartment and I own and love gets wide eyed and like damn near has like he has ran my TV and then stopped and stared like inches away. And I have to be like, hey man, it's a fucking TV dog. But any other animal he won't do it to you. So there's a fucking tiger on my TV and he doesn't give a shit.
0: Okay, I'm not really sure what what that was about, but all right.
1: I'm saying that if there is the tiger wanted to leap out of the TV and attack me, I'm fucked. But God bless another dog gets into this apartment.
0: Okay, hold on. So you're telling me that if somehow a tiger wandered into your apartment, Duke's not going to save you? No. Gonna I, sleep. I probably could have told you that. A tiger's going to fuck your dog up. You don't know what Duke's <laughs> capable of? I know what that tiger's capable of. Why are we talking about this? What the fuck? Uh, (laughs) Um, If I remember correctly, uh, she grabs the tiger's nuts. Does that happen? Are you being serious right now? Yeah. Did she grab the tiger's nuts? Either happened in the movie or it happened in the book, but that blind lady grabbed that
1: tiger's nuts. I do not want to tiger's nuts and I have questions as to why the book would even write that.
0: Well, the book didn't write anything. Thomas Harris wrote the book. (laughs) Who's Thomas Harris? Uh, let me look again in the all right, uh, all right. There's nothing in the uh, sylla in the, not syllabus synopsis about her grabbing the tiger's nuts, but I remember that.
1: I'm pretty sure you're wrong.
0: Maybe it was in the book. I, I'm 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 going to stand next to this. I'm not letting this one go. That happened. This is the weirdest thing to stand next to. I will yeah. die on this hill. Tiger t- Grab that tiger. God damn it. It happened. All right. Joe, <laughs> All right. Plot summary on IMDb. It's got to be in here. It's not in no, here.
1: she didn't grab the tiger. She touched the tiger. She touched it's,
0: it happened in the book then i remember i remember that there's no way there's more than one movie why? a blind lady touches a tiger why are you so obsessed with a blind lady touching a tiger's dick because it was weird and
1: made me think like oh she really is hard up i feel like you wrote that in your book did you write that in your book are you trying to
0: deflect i don't think i have any tigers in my book and if i did no one's grabbing their nuts Okay, moving on. Uh, So Reba starts to get into Francis's head, and he's like, oh, I don't want to kill anymore. And the dragon's like, well, tough titty. And uh, he decides, well, I got to destroy the dragon. So he goes to the, somehow makes up some bullshit about a thesis and goes to the museum. Gets alone with this 200-year-old painting and hits the lady, knocks her out, and just starts eating the fucking painting. I love how easy it was to get in there
1: right like it was that that easy to get in there and be able to have access to a 200 year old painting i want to chow down on a da vinci do i
0: just have to like make a phone call and say like i'm from insert college here and i would love to see this painting
1: yep you don't need credentials or anything apparently not and he can just rips this thing the in painting? half
0: and just starts eating it. I love that. That cannot have tasted good. That was two hundred year old paint.
1: No. And can we? Not only can I look at your painting, can we take it out of the frame and just, and everything, keeping it like together? Well, I think it was archived. And I, I think
0: I don't know. It just it
1: should never have gotten that far. Look, I'm just saying the idea of that that being the actual painting is more hilarious to me. <laughs> At the museum, I was like, "Yeah, you can have a one copy of this painting because it got painted 200 years ago. There's not another copy in existence. You can take it to the back room. We'll take it out of the frame for you. We'll take it out of the the fucking the the case. You know, the glass that keeps the air of today from damaging it any more than because it's 200 year paper. <laughs> and you can look at it all you want. Touch it. We don't care. No
0: security. Just this one lady." unreal <laughs> oh that other lady wanders in can you imagine if you worked at the museum you wander in
1: on some psycho eating a painting what do you what do you do I would have left I would have ran I would make sure you got caught right then there I'd be like oh my god I need to run and scream as loud as I can <laughs> oh, well
0: that puts you know him squarely in a uh, will's crosshairs because like you know who else is going to wander in and eat the red dragon painting?
1: What if, what, what, if like the FBI was going to let him go, right? Because he killed their most annoying uh, journalist that's on their back. <laughs> as long as he's like,
0: done, we're done.
1: Yeah. right. He's done. We'll leave him alone. But then they drew a line at the painting. They're like, did you just eat a 200 year old fucking painting? All right, dude, that's, that's the line. Okay. We threw a line in the sand. Got to come after you, like, what if that was like the line right there? Like, that was too far for the FBI.
0: <laughs> I think at that point, they figure out who, like, you know, that this guy works for Chromalux and has been watching home videos at work. And it really, you know, I watched a one hour photo pretty recently, and it really made me think about how much access we used to give people to our personal lives through like photo development labs and just how much of our lives they got to see. It's it's unnerving. You ever see one hour photo? I haven't. I've been to because I heard that's a really good Robin Williams film. He's so creepy in this movie because he's just like he has convinced himself he's part of their family. And, you know, to them, he's just the dude at the photo lab. But he has so many of their pictures just like all over his apartment. And like, he knows everything about them because of their photographs. It's creepy. And in Red Dragon, you know, the, he uses their home movies to vet their houses and know how to get in there. It's just an interesting thing to, you know, remember. Those don't really exist anymore. Uh,
1: yeah, I God. mean, you, you act like they people still can't get access because, I mean, look how many times phones get hacked. Look at the fact that someone out there, not to get into the fucking conspiracies, but someone out there is listening because you get personalized ads all the time, right, on Facebook and stuff because they, they pay attention to what you're looking at on the internet and shit like that. So, like, someone... It's listening, right? Someone access all this shit on your
0: phone. Well, I'm not saying that's not the case, but I'm you know I'm just saying like this specifically was, you know, families use this a lot. And, you know, people learned intimate details about families that way. And it was just, that particularly was like really creepy when you think about it. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it all, you know, that's pretty much just become social media. Now you can just look on somebody's Facebook and know everything about them in five minutes.
1: Yeah. We are like the the weirdest country that wants to live a life of privacy, but then like we'll blast everything online. Yeah, it's
0: weird. Jeff um, you know, Franklin Jella was supposed to voice the dragon, but uh his part got cut. Really? Mm-hmm. It's supposed Dollar was supposed to talk to this thing and it was supposed to be this loud booming, like you will kill in my name kind of thing. But Brett Ratner thought this is goofy and cut Angela out
1: of the movie. I mean, it could have been cool if he'd done it, right? I don't know. I kind of like the idea
0: of, you know, we just we're kind of seeing half the battle. We don't know what the dragon's telling Francis. I kind of like that. Makes him look crazier. Yeah. I mean, if we heard the dragon, we might think like, oh, he's actually possessed by something.
1: I mean, maybe, but at the same time, that's just to me, like, if you're going for the ideal, like it could work either way. If you're going for there, like he's hearing a voice in his head, I would not have thought he was possessed. Person just think, oh yeah, that's the voice in his head.
0: Oh, good for you. I think other but, people would have been
1: like, he's a demon. As I've, I'll say, as I've kind of said what how I I've, I've said to you and um, emo and Josh, how I feel people are going to react to a certain film by Robert Eggers called The Northman. My faith in general audiences being smart isn't always there, so I can see where they're like, yeah, people might think. Possessed instead of being like, no, that's the voice he hears in his head. You know what I mean? Smart yeah. people like us would get it, but some audience members would just be like, oh, is, is it because he's possessed? Nope. You clearly don't know how don't know how schizophrenia or bipolar disorder works to get bloody. <laughs>
0: uh, so Reba decides to go out with the asshole dude who has been bothering her at work, I guess, to get back at Francis because... Uh, mm-hmm. She didn't seem like a very nice person.
1: No, I would not have pursued her. I'd be like, okay, well, I'm done. Yeah.
0: Like she blew him. He didn't call her. So he's going to go out with an ass. She's going to go with an asshole and hope he reacts. And
1: oh oh boy, does he. She's going to go, he's going to go out with, she's going to pick someone else to blow. See how he likes that. Yeah. Check out the big brain on Brett
0: because that's who she goes out with. (laughs) Yeah. Frank Whaley was the guy who got shot to death at the beginning of Pulp Fiction. That was his big moment. So I kept thinking about that the whole time. Uh, Francis kills him pretty quickly and, and uh, takes him back to his place, starts lighting the place up, acts like he kills himself. Reba thinks he killed himself. And uh, the fa- to get there right as the house is in flames, and they think Dollar Hide's dead. So instead of you know waiting for a final autopsy or something, Graham's just like, Well, my work is done, and goes back to Florida.
1: <laughs> I've done a good job here today, and mm-hmm. I'm going home to my wife. Yep, thanks oh, to oh, Lecter's. Oh. Hmm? I'll say that like that scene in Clue, and now I'm yeah. gonna go back home to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I love
0: Clue. That would be such a fun episode.
1: Such a good movie. Especially if you actually like especially just watching each ending play out. That's oh, great. Yeah.
0: That's how I always watch it. I never randomize. I always watch all three endings.
1: Yeah, I'm like, just give me all three. So what was it? The one like the one guy, like the one time he says, you know, I'm going home to sleep with my wife. And the other time he actually his boyfriend actually comes up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Lecter interfered. Got, you know, gave the tooth fairy, oh, sorry, the dragon, uh Will's home address. Nobody ever really did anything about that except for, like, looked in on the kids, on uh, Josh and Molly, I think it was.
1: Yeah, uh, they, they relocated them, and then when the case, and they thought Dollar High died, they're like, oh, right, you can go back home.
0: Yeah, Molly came back from her very lucrative weed business and decided to continue being Will's wife. That's a weeds reference to those who know Mary Louise Barker's career.
1: Uh, whoosh. Anyway, I, I I knew. I just remember going, "Hey, Mary Lewis Parker's in this." <laughs> so,
0: Tooth Fairy shows. Sorry, the dragon shows up and is like, "I'm gonna take down this guy who kind of maybe ruined my killing spree."
1: <laughs> and
0: yeah, decides takes a. Oh, Will had a the dragon's journal, so he knew about Grandma. And when Will uh, walks in on Francis who holding a knife to or was it a gun or a knife? It was a knife. It was a knife to his son's neck, and his son has pissed his pants. Will decides to use some psychology and starts berating his son with some horrific shit that is not going to like he's gonna have some he's gonna need he, some therapy over this night.
1: He goes in so hard on his son. Calls him a, a racial slur, which I guess now that we know what we know about Brett Ratner, isn't a surprise. Um, he starts with, I have never seen a
0: like a filthy little beast as disgusting as you, and kid's like,
1: uh. <laughs> like <laughs> what? <laughs> He's so confused. Right? I would have like, look, twist of the story, it doesn't work and his son gets killed anyway. Like, Can you imagine that? Like,
0: and Francis just goes, shut up and stabs his kid in the throat. Yeah. That could have happened easily.
1: Exactly. And then you're sitting going, Wow, the last thing I said to my kid was I called him the um the F the F word and I told him I'd to cut his dick off if he pissed his pants again. And wow, that's a lot of mean things. Now he's
0: dead. Thankfully, though, it does trigger Francis and he's like, ah, and throws the kid and attacks Will. And Francis has some some beef. On Will. So it's a bit of a one sided fight.
1: Yeah. I mean, Will gets, to his credit, gets his son out of there and them into the other room pretty quick to like lock it and give him time to get the gun loaded.
0: Yeah. And Francis and Will shoot at each other through the locked door and they both take a lot of bullets.
1: Yeah. Again, like how Will survives two bookends with like gunshots quite a plane to his body and survives both times. Like, Mary Louise Parker, like, now that, look, she should be hopping on that dick action as quick as Reba was on Francis if her man is surviving bullet wounds like that.
0: Well, she's probably really fucking traumatized by shooting a serial killer in the head. That one's uh, going to be hard to get over.
1: She had a really good shot on that head.
0: She was she That was fucking precise. Well, they mentioned earlier that like he taught her how to fire a gun.
1: Well, they show it. They don't even mention it, they show it.
0: Oh, yeah, I forgot. Good job. That was a test you pass. and yeah, Molly can shoot a gun, and she shoots it right under Francis's head. And I guess FBI cleanup takes the body. They make s'mores, maybe.
1: Yeah, I would have, I would have requested s'mores. Though <laughs> I would have laughed and I was like, "Hey, look, okay, as he's bleeding on the floor, right, son? I know I've said a lot of mean things to you, and I'm, I'm bleeding on the floor right now, but I still expect those s'mores. I think it'd be Yeah. <laughs>
0: As Will is being wheeled out by the paramedics, he's bleeding out. Molly's in tears. You just see Josh in tears come out of the kitchen with a bag of marshmallows, a box of candy bars, and a box of graham crackers, and just walk towards the fire.
1: <laughs> Before the ambulance leaves, he comes up to him with a plate and the small ready to go. I made this for you, Daddy.
0: <laughs> I won't be in my pants again. I'm sorry. He doesn't even care about the serial
1: killer shit. He's just so hurt by what dad said to him. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I really (laughs) hope we'll like had a moment where (laughs) we're like, he sat and I was like, look, I know I said a lot of very scary shit to you. I meant none of it. It was a trick to get him to get let go of you. He, 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 he dials back a bit like, well,
0: not all of it you, you really do need to watch you gotta you gotta figure out your bedwetting situation we gotta figure this out like you're too old for this
1: yeah i'm not gonna cut your dig off like jesus christ
0: but like i'm not gonna cut it off but maybe a clothespin situation we gotta figure something out yeah
1: I'm, I'm, i can't deal with this anymore i spend so that. much money on sheets on a weekly basis this is really it's, it's <laughs> driving me insane <laughs> He's like, Dad, what, what was that effort you call me? Don't worry about that, son. Just know that no matter how you turn out as you go through puberty and your body changes, Dad will always love you.
0: But if you keep wetting your bed, nobody else will. So you got to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. So the film ends with Lecter sending Will a card and being like, "Hey, you know." I'm still smarter than you, so don't don't let it go to your head by the way, you know, have a good vacation. And I love so Will just crumbles it and throws it in the ocean.
1: I love how it's literally just like nanny nanny boo-boo. I'm smarter than you. And it's like, dude, you're still in jail. Like, what power do you have?
0: I don't know. I mean, he, he he sicked dollar hide on Will from jail, so he's he can do quite a lot from jail.
1: This is true, but yes, I do like how Will's like those in the water. So like, you know what I'm done? I'm on my yacht Oh, sobo, What the fuck he was on.
0: Yeah. That's from Chilton. What walks in and is like, hey, there's a young FBI lady to come uh, come here to see you. I'll tell her you said no. And he's like, well, what's her name? If it's Clarice, I'll do it. He doesn't say that. It'd be amazing if he said that.
1: <laughs> if it's Clarice, we have a whole other movie to do, so bring her in here.
0: I only talk to women named Clarice. You know this.
1: <laughs> never know when hollywood's knocking him, i right
0: and that's that's red dragon It, i know we kind of mocked it relentlessly but it's actually a really good
1: movie it's a superb movie <laughs> uh
0: here are some filmgasm facts and some of these are absolutely fucking bonkers number one Anthony Hopkins, Edward Norton, Ray Fiennes, and Philip Seymour Hoffman all turned this film down. Then Ted Talley, the screenwriter of Silence of the Lambs, came on board, and they all changed their minds. So without him, we don't have Lecter, we don't have Graham, we don't have Freddie Lowndes, and we don't have the Red Dragon. Jesus
1: Christ.
0: Yeah. Good good job, Ted. Teddy, Uh,
1: Teddy, Teddy. (laughs)
0: Next up, this was just freaky. Red Dragon is also the name of a rumored book in the Vatican library said to be able to summon the devil. And thus it gives the Pope some of his authority. So apparently there's a secret Vatican book called the Red Dragon that can summon Satan himself.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah, I'd love to take a gander at that. I would not. Uh, Next up, Philip Seymour Hoffman.
1: Hmm? I don't fuck with that shit. I'm not looking
0: at it. I don't. I'll. I'll summon the devil. I don't give a shit. You stay
1: the fuck away from me when that happens.
0: (laughs) I'm like Ron White drunk on a plane. Take it down. I don't give a shit. I I have
1: like. I don't give a shit about lost stuff. But like when it comes to that kind of stuff, I'm like, nope, nope. Don't want to mess with it. Leave me out. You.
0: (laughs) You got to watch Dan Cummins' most recent special, "Get Out of Here, Devil," as he does a whole bit on how society would be progressing so much faster if people weren't worried about what the devil was up to. (laughs) (laughs) Great stuff. Uh, Number three, Philip Seymour Hoffman insisted on actually being glued to the chair during his encounter with Ray Fiennes. He really got glued to the fucking wheelchair.
1: How did they get him out?
0: I'm assuming with some kind of industrial solvent.
1: Also, again, look, this goes back, and no disrespect to PSH, great actor uh you know rip all that stuff but again this goes back to what i kind of agree with those comments about method acting that have been made by a lot of actors Yeah, you're an actor just act like you're glued to the fucking chair you don't need to actually be glued how do
0: you how do you act like you're glued to a chair
1: they can literally do some kind of glue that doesn't have to actually be like that kind of shit
0: well, I'm sure they didn't use like, you know, super, super glue. I'm sure they used like, you know, some Elmers or something to make it look like he had some pull. I doubt they really like super glued his ass to a wheelchair. Sounds like they did, though. Sounds oh, like they did. I hope they didn't because that would be horrifying. And this next bit of trivia is going to blow your fucking mind. I-, I couldn't believe this. The death of Freddie Lowndes was filmed by setting a real stuntman wrapped in protective material on fire as his wheelchair rolled down the street. No puppets or animatronics were involved. That was a real guy wrapped in protective material and set on fucking fire.
1: What the hell, Brett Ratner? (laughs) I hope that guy got compensated big time. Okay, so one, this is why the Oscars really need to include a best fucking stunt sometime soon. Yep. And two, that scene did not require a fucking actor to risk their life. Or a stunt person, sorry, a stunt person to risk their life. Like... I you know what right Rider? say what you just did to fucking um holy God, Jason voice face Kane Hodder. Jesus Christ my blank hard. say that shit what you just did to his face. See how long you last um yeah for that scene, you easily could have used a fucking dummy yep. and no one would have fucking noticed.
0: although you do have that tremble in the in his hands when he's being wheeled down. That makes you think, like, oh, he's still alive. But, but yeah, but yeah. that
1: could have been some kind of animatronic. You know what I mean? Like that could have been some kind of mechanical thing they could have achieved. I'm I saying, agree. like, literally, that's yeah, that scene, like, that's insane that that was agreed on. Right?
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty wild. If I,
1: I, if I was a serial, I'd be like, I'm sorry, what did you just say to me? No, fork out the fuck. I'd be like, no, you fork out the fucking money for a dummy and some electronic shit. I'm not putting a goddamn stuntman in that.
0: I'm surprised that the studio was willing to finance that stunt, considering the very likely possibility of horrific failure.
1: Hollywood doesn't care about stuntmen. That's the thing. Hollywood does not give a fuck about their stunt people. That's true.
0: They fucking should, though. I mean, I you know, I I've never met anybody who would be willing to be set on fire and rolled down a highway.
1: Yeah, I mean, look what what was it the recent issue they had on the uh, I think it was the ninth Fast and Furious film with their stunt person. I think, like, they died or got injured, like, bad. It was on one of the Fast and Furious films, at least.
0: I don't They all bleed together for me. I don't know. I, I believe you, but I, I don't remember that.
1: I remember reading something about, like, a summon got, like, really fucking injured. They could also have them expendables, but I think they, they got, like, injured, and then, like, they stopped it immediately, wherever the fuck was going, because you're now, you're dealing with action stars that care a bit more about yeah. their stunt people.
0: I know that on the set of one of the Harry Potter movies, I think it was the last one, Uh one of Daniel Radcliffe's stunt doubles like had a severe spinal injury and like can't walk anymore.
1: Jesus Christ!
0: Yeah, that shit's real. Like it's incredibly dangerous, and we just you know they don't get enough credit. It's fucking sick.
1: Yeah, like moving wrong. i wanted to impressed that the stuntman agreed that I'm just saying that scene could have been easily achieved without. Wrapping someone in that much protective clothing and then dousing them on fire,
0: like, yeah, that's just—you that cool. like, can see it in the movie. It's—it's—it's it's, it's a full-body flame. Yeah, so,
1: just, it's impressive. A
0: um, I give Red Dragon an eight. It's not as good as Silence of the Lambs, but it's slightly better than Hannibal. It's a decent serial killer flick and a good watch.
1: Yeah, I give it an eight as well. Um, it's probably the best. See, you know it's a, a prequel. It—it it surprisingly doesn't. To me fall under a lot of the prequel negatives that happen to a lot of these films. Um other than like the tease at the end, again I know we talked about it, like they tease was fine. just may do a better job of like spreading the timeline out there. So it's not like oh as soon as we get done with this boom science and science. Was Like that was a little much. Um besides so that yes you know going back to the root of science and having that structure really works in this film's favor for the most part. Ray finds this terrifying um yeah really good film eight out of ten
0: um well thanks for listening everybody if you like the show feel free to follow us on facebook instagram and twitter at filmgasm productions you can always check out our website filmgasm.com for reviews articles new trailers for stuff and you can email us at filmgasm at gmail.com if you have any recommendations or feedback. And of course, you can always send us a message through the socials. If you want to support the show through anchor, you can click on support this podcast on your podcast provider. Throw us any anything you feel like we deserve, even if it's nothing.
1: Uh, <laughs> next it's week we, think we deserve, even if it's absolutely nothing. Yeah. Could us. be.
0: I don't you might hate the show. I don't know why you're listening all the way to the hate. end of it if you hate it, but hey. Hate lesson. Yeah, if you hate fucking this show, you know what? Send us, send us some money so we can make more for you to hate. <laughs> sure, there's somebody out there who's like, I fucking hate this show, but I can't stop. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the mess. Yeah, it's addictive. You got to know, like, what do they think of that movie? God damn it. Uh, next week, we see the return of new Filmgasm contributor Christian Aguilar, who has chosen the creepy 2007 Spanish language ghost movie, The Orphanage as next week's episode. Uh, this is one I have not yet seen, but it's always been on my list. Directed by Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom's J.A. Bayona and produced by Guillermo del Toro. I'm very excited to watch The Orphanage, which will be one of the few foreign language films we've touched on on this podcast. Not for lack of trying, there's just a lot of films out there.
1: There is, yeah. Um, I know I came in strong with The Raid. I think it was one of the few other ones we did. I was admin about doing The Raid. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about The Orphanage. I haven't seen it myself. I unfortunately have been spoiled with the fucking twist. I'm not gonna do it to you. Go Thank in blind. You. Enjoy. I appreciate but, that. Um, I have. I forgot how he got fucking ruined for me. I was like, God damn it! Still want to check it out. I've heard a lot of good things about it. So,
0: well, I'm excited. I like uh, Christian's picks thus far. Jeepers Creepers was a fun one, and uh, this is uh, this seems like a, a personal film. So I'm I'm excited to hear what he has to say. And, of course, you know, I love being introduced to new shit through this show. Uh, do not miss the other, other Lecter prequel, Hannibal Rising, on Fridays Beyond the Bad. The Silence of the Lambs on Oscar Sunday. And something fun on Monday sneak preview. Still figuring it out. Neither of us want to see Liam Neeson's memory. So, we're going to figure out some kind of cool countdown or something to do. And uh, we'll, have, we'll have a blast with that. Until then, don't publicly insult an active serial killer or you may just end up glued to a wheelchair and set on fire. And while you're at it, keep watching movies.